Hello friends and welcome back to the Homecoming Podcast. The Homecoming Podcast shares conversations, practices, and inspiration for returning home to your true self. I'm Sarah Elaine Nelson, a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher, working mostly online using the traditional practices of yoga along with modern technology to help you create more ease and joy in your life. Friends, I'm excited to share this conversation about rituals with you today. I'm talking to Shireen Colley, a board-certified health and wellness coach, a licensed pagan clergy, and the founder of The Nurtured Life. She provides wellness coaching services for clients across the country and hosts programs on attuning to our inner and outer realities to build supportive, sustainable lifestyles. Shireen combines her knowledge in health coaching, peace studies, and wisdom traditions to offer coaching around barriers to peace, equity, and social justice. This conversation was so great. We really dig into what rituals are, how you can create your own rituals, why create rituals, and um, at, towards the end, Shireen talks about her online membership, her coaching and spiritual care, and a cool quiz that I took. And so there'll be links to all of those things. But I also wanted to mention one thing that we forgot to talk about, which is super relevant to this conversation, is that on Shireen's website, she has an intentional traditions planner where she can she will walk walk you through creating your own relevant rituals and traditions. So this is exactly what this conversation is about. She's got she's got a PDF on her website to help you do just that. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation. Hi, Shireen. Welcome to the Homecoming Podcast. It's so great to have you with me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Yeah. So I had you having you on today to talk about rituals. And I thought it might be best to just start with a, a definition of ritual and especially maybe how it differs or is similar to routine or a tradition. Mm -hmm. um, so my definition of ritual is um, uh, an action we perform with our bodies in connection with our spirit. Um, so that's the, the definition that I'm working from as we're talking today. And whenever I reference ritual, that's what I mean. Okay. I'm making a note because that's such an interesting definition. Action perform with our bodies. So, um, so tell me some things mm -hmm. that then could be rituals, maybe things that we wouldn't expect. Well, the beauty of that definition is that um, it op really opens up ritual to be um, really anything that we're doing, where we're making yeah. that connection and we're being very conscious and thoughtful about it. Um, so I have, I mean, I would say my life is, is really... Um, I don't want to say built around rituals. I'm going to say my life is very supported by mm -hmm. ritual. And I have a lot of ritual that I engage with. Um, 
both like in the supportive nature as well as in the like transformative nature, right? Like some of our rituals are things that we do um, to like comfort or remember things. And then some of our rituals are um, about changes that we are hoping to see or hoping to make. Uh, and so I use a lot of, like I, I have a lot of those supports that I engage with in my life. Um, and one of the things that I've really noticed that I think is important to note related to ritual is that, um, you know, there's also what I would call sort of um, like ritual in reverse, mm -hmm. which is we have a lot of behaviors that we perform with our body disconnected from our spirit. Um, and those, some of them are totally functional and not a problem. And some of them um, can kind of cause us some, some, some moral and emotional um, issues if we're not careful. So I think that that's important to note, like ritual is really powerful. And that's why, you know, we're, we tend to be drawn to them and why we kind of know they work. Right. Mm. Um, and so we need to be a little um, careful or aware of how we're engaging with like regular actions with our body and um, in disconnection with our spirit when there's like a real severance there um, that can be kind of problematic. Mm -hmm. So like a mindlessly doing something yeah, especially if it's something that has a major impact um, that we're, because we're not connecting with our spirit, we're not really aware of. Um, so that's why I feel like um, one of the things that tends to be really protective is um, like a focus on the purpose of our rituals and helping to make that really conscious, like making that mind, body, spirit connection really mm -hmm. um fluid and strong so that we're like we're articulating the act that we're articulating um in our actions and in our thoughts and in our feelings like something that's really congruent that makes a really um potent ritual mm -hmm. i actually i saw on your website um that you said Ooh, creating relevant rituals requires understanding our values and goals. And mm -hmm. that line really popped out to me. Um, and I feel like it really aligns with what you're saying around, yeah, yeah being specific or purposeful when you're, when you're choosing rituals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, like, I think we're often sometimes we can look at our lives and most of us probably have some rituals that are built in. And a lot of those built in rituals that we favor probably are in connection with our spirit, right? Like even if we're not articulating it consciously. Um, and I think that it's especially when we're trying to make a change that we need to be really careful. It's, it can be enticing and um, 
it can feel really great to craft rituals that um, are like about or for a change that we want to make in our lives. But if we're not really drawing in on those values and goals and getting very specific with ourselves, that's when it's like, oh, um, our body, our bodies know stuff. They can tell there's like a disconnect between mm. what's happening. And that ritual, not only is it probably less potent for us, but it has that potential to be um, kind of to, to, to take, to lead us astray a little bit from where we're, where we're trying to go. Mm -hmm. Um. I feel like I'm sensing a distinction between your definition of ritual and like mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? There's a distinction there. And can you talk about that a little bit? Hmm. Um, so do you mean, just to make sure I understand where we're going, mm -hmm. um, the distinction between like living mindfully and having conscious and mindful ritual like the distinction between yes those. I was I was thinking about how you know we can talk about like mindfully doing the dishes or something mm. right yes exactly um so I can use one of my um one of my like most important rituals um as an example because it is a fairly simple common thing um I have coffee every day at three. Um, I also have coffee in the morning and there is some um, routine involved in that coffee. Like I use the same mug and I have like some routine associated with how and when I do it, which is all mindful, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm behaving mindfully while I have my first cup of coffee. Um, however, when I have my three o'clock coffee, is what I would call my like coffee ritual because um, there is that association of like spirit involved. Um, this ritual developed out of relevancy. So um, I would often have coffee with my grandmother in the afternoon, um, like when I got home from school and then um, Later, like when um, she would come visit me when I was running the preschool, the three o'clock was when the kids got up from nap and we were serving coffee. So having coffee is something that I regularly did with my grandmother. And so it became something that I did at three o'clock. So that part of the ritual is sort of routine. But now every time I pour my afternoon cup of coffee. I'm connecting with my grandmother, with those moments, with mm -hmm. all of the people that have joined me for three o'clock coffee over the last 20 years. <laughs> so it's not only about mindfully like taking a moment to be present with my coffee. I'm also connecting my spirit and being present with all of those people and all of those situations that have occurred over the years. Um, and it's quick. Um, however, it also does something extra to support me besides just being an emotional support. Um, as a very busy person um, that 
like is often doing many things for many people, I sit down to have my three o'clock cup of coffee and it changes the day for me. So there's there's the day up until my three o'clock cup of coffee and then mm-hmm. there's the day after that. And it's a different part of the day and different things happen. So it's a very ritualistic mm-hmm. process in the way that I like parse out my coffee, but it's really more the way that I'm engaging with the uh, ritual and how I'm engaging my spirit with the process, um, which is very different than the way I have coffee in the morning, which is like, pour your coffee, enjoy the flavor. It smells and tastes great. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm not spending any time like connecting my heart to my cup of coffee at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to me, that's like where you can kind of see the difference in both of them are mindful, but my engagement is much more heart heavy and spirit heavy in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I love that heart heavy and spirit heavy. I like mm-hmm. that. It resonates. Yeah. So that's a great example of a, what I would call a non-religious or a secular ritual. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that some people would perhaps um, relate ritual to religion um, even, even spirit, some people think of as religion. And so just confirming there's lots of secular ways to do rituals as well. It doesn't have to be within like the context of a religion. Yes, definitely. And that's why I really encourage people to, um, to follow that relevancy piece. Like what does what whatever it is if if you feel drawn whatever it is that you feel drawn to do um it can be really small or pretty like ceremonious but why are you being called to do that how is that particular um action related to you and what's happening for you and what's going on um and I found that the most sustainable and valuable rituals are the ones that start really small. So if you are hoping to cultivate more um, more non-religious ritual in your life, there's no better place than to start with something small that's important to you. And just by giving that small thing your time and attention and your heart, starts to grow and develop um and I think that's really it's really accessible um but it's also really valuable as like as we are like trying to um develop deeper connections that's what ritual is about so when we spend the time to think about how something is is relevant and related to us. Like, why is this, why am I using honey Mm -hmm. in this ritual? Why is that important? Right. Or, um, you know, if we want to celebrate a certain day of the year or a transition of season or, um, the anniversary of an, of an event, um, it doesn't have to be something that's like, big or planned out or you can just really start very very small yesterday this must be my grandmother's birthday was yesterday (laughs) so 
yesterday was my grandmother's birthday. We stopped and picked up um, donuts to have with our three o'clock coffee because that's something that she would have done. Yeah. It's a beautiful, easy, like death and, you know, anniversary. It was her birthday, but yeah, she's no longer with us. And it felt easy. Like it didn't need to be anything bigger than that. I felt like she, actually when we pulled up to the place, my mom was like, this looks like some place my mom would like. And I was like, that's why we're here. <laughs> so like <laughs> those kinds of things, like, you know, to make that a ritual, all I have to do is do it again next year. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. over time, that little, like little bits of that ritual will become louder to me and I will become more connected with <laughs> that experience. So it doesn't have to be, um, you, you are, it's fun to look through books and get ideas about rituals, but you don't need to, you know, um, you don't need to study. Yeah. You know, you don't have to light incense. You could. No, you could. Yeah. But I do, I do encourage you if you are going to light anything to ask yourself, like, why, why do I want to do this? Why is this important to me? Um, and, and what, what is it, um, like what is, what connection is it fostering for me? Um, what intimacy is it building? Um, because I think that's really important. Um, not only are we trying to build some sort of intimacy and connection with ritual, but when we're doing something that isn't necessarily aligning with our values, like right. what's happening with that, right? What, what, what are we, um, what, what are we opening ourselves up to when we, when we make those kinds of like non-relevant rituals? Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing um, that there is an element of repetition involved, whether it be every day or yearly, um, probably not always, because I know you also do wedding ceremonies mm-hmm. and memorials and that sort of thing. Those are repeated, I guess, over and over again, um, mm-hmm. because people are getting married and dying all the time, but <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, a pattern, but not exactly for all of those those individuals. <laughs> yeah, but there's like some magic there in the repetition. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I have noticed, and and it's interesting you brought up like even when I'm participating in a ritual f- for someone where they are only doing the this once, right? Like you, you're only being born once. <laughs> so that experience is only happening to you one time. But those of us that are joining others in those experiences over and over again are picking up on the patterns. Mm-hmm. So um, I, so I do feel like the same kind of thing is happening where, um, you know, by joining anything, whether it's like the tree in your backyard, um, or the sun rising in the morning, but by joining that every single day, you build relationship. Um, by joining it once a year, you build relationship. So um, we, we you know, we, we pick up on the subtle differences and, um, and we start to know those, um, those experiences or those entities or those people more deeply. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, that's really what the magic of, 
the ritual is because I can do one of these rituals every, let's say it's a ritual that I do every day and I could do it for 15 years. And then all of the sudden due to all of the other work that I've done in my life and the way that every all of nature is in alignment today and the conversation I had this morning suddenly opens up a whole new avenue for understanding. And I wouldn't get that if I wasn't practicing, you know, regularly year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've definitely touched on some of the reasons why people would incorporate rituals. I want to get a little deeper into that. I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking especially about people who maybe aren't or are no longer associated with like an organized religion. And so I feel like, so I grew up in the Christian church and there was a lot of like ritual involved. And um, I feel like that kind of, it filled that need. And I'm seeing with, you know, some of the people I work with that there's probably for some people still kind of that empty spot where that's not part of their life anymore. Um, and perhaps creating some of their own rituals would help fill that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would just love to hear from you on like, why would someone create a ritual? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I can think of so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, um, I mean, kind of like how we talked about in the beginning, there's those, those rituals that are connective and supportive Right. Um, and those ones that are like, um, so the, the ones that are that are connective and supportive and grounding, right? Like they build that sense of our ability to stand where we are, um, to 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 move forward when things are hard, to know ourselves better. Um, and then there are the ones that are about change or um, about transformation or um, maybe things we hope or wish for the future. Um, And so those are two places where I would say it's worth starting to think about um, if you were going to start a ritual, what would be the, what would be your intention, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think so humans are really, even those of us that don't like to admit it, sensitive <laughs> to the to the to the circadian rhythms, to the to the universal rhythms of the world, and rituals help us mm. um, know our place and make sense of the world around us. So they are comforting. Um, they're comforting when they're relevant and we Mm -hmm. know what they mean. Um, and they can, like, there's definitely like rituals that seem exciting and mystical, but oftentimes that's because we don't know what they mean. (laughs) Like we don't know, right. We don't know what they're for. And it sounds like, like that's the, that's the exciting part of it. And that's fine. There's a place for that. Um, but again, like knowing what your intention is with your ritual is really valuable. 
Um, I know I have worked with a lot of folks who um, maybe left their, um, like the, the, the religion or religious community they grew up in. Um, and there can be different kinds of rituals which are beneficial there. Um, one thing that I think about a lot is like sometimes there are those of us that maybe had some sort of traumatic experience um, with any community that we were part of, could be family or religious community. Um, interestingly, we still draw comfort from a lot of the processes that were associated with that. So like you can think about, um, to give an example, like someone may have maybe estranged from their family and really um, have a rather traumatic family history. And yet they still really like that thing that their mom used to make. <laughs> um, you know, that, that food is still important to them. It still means home. And that's a great place to start in the sense that like, wow, I could make this food in connection with my heart in a different context and how, what a healing ritual that would be to bring this food that I had, that I did love and does bring me comfort from a context that I found painful. And now how can I move that into a place where it can be at home with me now? Um, where I can uh, deepen my connection to myself or whatever other piece. Like that's why it's very individual mm -hmm. what you're trying to pull forward. Um, so if there was some part of like childhood memories of like religion or spirituality that were valuable and like that you look back on fondly, I would be curious to know like what those were and why those were the things that you remember and most likely they are meaningful to your heart and there's a way to bring them consciously and relevantly into the rituals that would be valuable to you today. So I guess like if it's like, why would somebody, I, I would say A, um, rituals help us connect more deeply and as humans being connected more deeply is a comforting experience. If it's not comforting, sometimes it's healing. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> sometimes it's both and sometimes it's one or the other. Um, and also I like, even as I'm saying that, I just, I just don't know any humans that don't have some healing to do. So, um, this is kind of like a gentle way that we can, like, that's the other thing that rituals do that's so helpful when you're, you're, you're doing something in connection with your heart and you start to do it regularly. Darn if that isn't a reminder every day or mm -hmm. every week about that connection with your heart, you know? So it's a really light lift. You can think about like, I light my incense in the morning is a ritual. That's a really, that's a really light lift to stay connected with something that's important to me and to remember it as I walk out of my space to start my day. So those are the reasons that I would say, like if somebody was asking me <laughs> why they would, I would say um, that it 
it helps us stay, that rituals help us like recognize where we are in relationship to our external, like that relationship between our internal and external mm -hmm. environment and um, the, the repetitive pattern of ritual helps us stay our course, right? You made a decision to, to follow this ritual out of its relevancy and its connection with your values. And then the re reoccurrence of it on the regular helps to strengthen that connection between that, that whole like mind, body, spirit cycle, mm -hmm. um, which helps us take that out with us into everything that we're doing. It certainly supports us in being more mindful as we're like living our regular existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it almost seems like, and I did not ask you to come on and talk mm -hmm. about the history of ritual, but like, there's also just something it feels like in the human like DNA, right? That we've been doing rituals mm -hmm. of some sort, it seems like for, mm -hmm. for as long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, we, we do seem drawn to them. Um, like even, little kids. Um, I, and one of the things that I ask people to think about a lot when they're thinking about ritual is that like, oh, preschoolers are really good at this, mm. <laughs> right? Like they use that they want to use the same cup and they want to make sure they go to the same place. And can they use the same swing? And can you push me exactly as many times as you, right? Can we sing that song again that we sang the last time we were here? Um, and they're using that to help them really learn about the world and feel secure and recognize their personal identity. Like if I use this blue cup, the blue cup, I'm an individual using the blue cup and I'm still part of the world. Mm -hmm. Right. So like all of these little pieces are really um, important. And if we just kind of start like just gently treating ourselves, like giving ourselves permission to have some of those rituals that toddlers have, um, it's it's just really more supportive, more fun, um, and uh, like their rituals are all relevant. So, um, yeah, they're a really yeah. great muse when it comes to to rituals and why we use them and and how relevant they can be. Yeah, yeah. Um. I just wanted to mention, so on Instagram, you have your grief and gratitude ritual posts. Mm -hmm. And can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, that's a big one. Uh, <laughs> um, so um, I started sharing my grief and gratitude rituals to just kind of give people a little bit of insight. And, and so like, right, you get to watch me share this ritual um it the ritual part is the sh is on instagram is the sharing mm -hmm. but it's something that i think about regularly and it evolved because um i in my mindfulness practice and um some of the work i was doing i noticed that i was being overly i was basically abusing my strength of gratitude so gratitude and patience comes very easily very naturally to me um, and wow, it makes the world great. It, it's really fun. Um, you're grateful for everything and you have, you don't mind waiting and that's great, except it doesn't prompt you to change. Um, and sometimes you're overly permissive and, um, 
Sometimes you are, you know, if you're going to be grateful for anything, if you can be grateful for anything, um, then sometimes anything is what you get. <laughs> so, um, so it wasn't great. It wasn't a great pattern for me. And yet it was really hard to, it was hard to accept because, uh, well, not lifting with our strengths is, is extra work. Um, but also it's not fun. It's not fun to like not engage with gratitude as, you know, gratitude does make our lives more fulfilling in a lot of ways. So one of the ways that I started to practice, um, and actually the grief and gratitude was an evolution of the original practice was that um, my children and I at bedtime would all list uh, our gratitude in a journal and then they would whisper me their wishes oh. and I would make a wish myself. And this was actually the littlest, like it was a baby, baby step, but a wish is something you want to change. It's not as, it's not as you want it. Mm -hmm. And at the time that was as much as I could do as far as like releasing um, that grip that my gratitude strength had. And um, over time, um, other things occurred. Um, some more traumatic experiences happened. And in one of them, I thought, oh, this is the first time anything bad has ever happened to me. And that was not true. I was 30. <laughs> Bad things had happened to me, a lot of them, like once I started to let myself think about it, but I hadn't let myself think about it. And so I hadn't grieved and there was a lot of open wounds that really needed my attention. Um, and that's the time, that's when I, that was when that evolution occurred, when I was able to say, okay, I'm going to list things I'm grateful for and things that I'm grieving together. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what I want to point out is that if I hadn't been doing that gratitude and wishes practice, I don't know if I would have deepened, if I would have relaxed my gratitude practice enough to be able to grieve when that really, those really traumatic experiences happen. So mm -hmm. it is an evolution. It, it's like part of the magic and the joy is, is being able to start with something and watch it grow so whatever you wherever you start yeah. um if you st are doing it with your heart and you're you're connecting that is the ritual that is all you need and it will evolve over time into something that looks a little more ceremonious and more like typical of what mm -hmm. we think of as rituals but I really encourage people to start with just the littlest piece that's meaningful to them. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, so then the last thing, just where can people find you? What are you up to? If they want to know more about your work. Whew. Um, <laughs> that's always a hard question to answer. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. That's the easy place to find me. Um, I use those accounts as a place to like build intimacy. So I love social media because people can can watch along and walk along and get to know you before they decide to mm. um, to join you in any other fashion. So I like that. 
Um, and um, I have a membership program, um, which is a very, um, it's, I call it a very gentle program in the sense that each month you're provided with resources and a few like small actions. Um, however, the membership program itself is really about um, like building community and being together in our practice of like evolving our cultural well-being. So the practices focus on cultural well-being, um, like individual personal healing, but also like, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing together? How are we building community practices? And um, yet I don't ask the members to like do big projects in mm -hmm. that. It's a really like, it's, let's be together and let's work together. Um, we're creating a nonprofit that will do more of the big lifting for everybody. Um, so that's one one way to engage with my work. I also provide like coaching and spiritual care directly one-on-one -on -one and some um, programs and workshops on occasion. But um, that's the, the big stuff that I'm doing right now. Okay. Excellent. And I will include links to those in the show notes, as well as to your website, where I took a cool little quiz yesterday on your site on, um, oh, tell me what the quiz is called. Um, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's yeah. about connecting. It's yeah. about connecting spirituality. I forget what it's called at the moment. Yeah. too. It's like showing you, um, like it's whether you're more, um, leaning towards what connecting. you find yeah what you find connective so that you yeah. can build your rituals around I'm glad you took that quiz because I that was really relevant to what we're talking yeah. about and I totally forgot it was there it was fun yeah. I recommend yeah. people take it no surprise to me I was um nature I think was the top one for me I followed closely by reading and books I'm a I'm also a librarian mm -hmm. so a nature loving uh, librarian. I love people yes. too. <laughs> right. But those two. Yeah, are really but it's strong. great to know like it's great to know what our like what our first level um connection yeah. is because then we can like lean on that when we need it. And um and it's super helpful for building our rituals around something that's meaningful to us. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be so second nature to people. They don't even really realize that, oh, that, right. That's how I connect. Yeah. 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 And I love that um, when people like do that, oftentimes they'll notice they're like, oh, I, I am doing this. I yeah. already, I am doing these rituals. I am building my life around this, Very cool. um, this level of connection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting about rituals. This was a great, great conversation for me. Thank you. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So I appreciate you so much for, for inviting me. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Homecoming Podcast. The Homecoming Podcast is brought to you by the Homecoming Online Therapeutic Yoga Membership where we put a lot of these things that we talk about on the podcast into practice. If you'd like to read more about the homecoming membership or join, the link is in the show notes.